scattered people. Um, it, it is a smaller crew today, and we are changing up. I don't know if you've seen this, but we are changing up our order of service. Um, I'm going to speak first, and then Ken is going to lead us in uh, worship and communion. Um, before I get into our, our passage, which is again from Acts about Paul, um, I wanted to recognize that this is our first mostly massless, mostly in person, even though a number of our churches is away at a wedding, that we've been able to have in the past 10 years. And this is kind of a big deal. Um, and it's a big deal for a couple of reasons. One, it's a big deal because for some, it's like, well, this has been a long time coming. And for others, it's a big deal because it seems like it's too soon. Uh, I'm going to take a minute and pray and thank God for getting us to this point. And I'm also going to ask that he continue to comfort and guide people who are feeling that it's too soon and also guide people who feel like it's a uh, long overdue. I'm going to ask that he give us additional grace. Um, some of us have lost people. We lost our, our neighbor across the street to COVID. Some of us have lost, lost family members to COVID in the last year. Um, I think collectively there has been great loss. I think some of us have lost friendships and relationships in the last year due to the, the, the strain of the pandemic married with the political and social climate. Um, I want to recognize that, and I don't just want to recognize it and, and kind of feel bad or great, but I also I want to recognize it and bring it to the God who still is, who has not changed, and ask him to guide us forward. Just take a minute with me as I pray. God, two years ago, this seems um, we, we wouldn't have any of this, um, and so many things have changed in the past two years. Um, I pray for those of us who have lost people close to us, those of us who um, have maybe lost milestones in our life, maybe lost important birthdays or weren't able to, to celebrate uh, important life events as we would have liked to. Um, I thank you that even with that loss, you your mercies are new every morning. In spite of a lot of pain, your mercies are new every morning. And in spite of a lot of confusion that still exists today, you are a God who gives grace. You are a God who works in, in our space and time to fulfill your story at some point. Uh, so I pray today that as, as people who try to follow you and try to engage the world with your message. I pray that we would be known for grace. I pray that we would be known for patience. We would be known by understanding. And we would be known for seeking out uh, the best around us. Um, so I, I thank you for bringing us to this point. I ask that you would sustain us and continue to give us grace. Uh, in Jesus' name. Um, today we are we have our second sermon uh, that Danny kind of started last week on the really exciting and heartwarming topic of goodbyes. Um, I'm not.
not a big fan of goodbyes. Um, I don't know that many people are, but this is where we are in the, in the life of Paul and in Acts. And if it seems like I'm referring to my notes, it's because I am, because I don't forget uh, off on a rabbit trail. Um, I'm going to look at the, the chapter 21, verse 1 through 16, and I want to look at this passage through three characters in the story. Um, Acts is a story. We've, we've gone through this a number of times. Um, and it's written in the, the genre of it. It's historical theology. So every history book that we might read is going to have a bias. It's going to be written from a point of view. And it's going to, that point of view is going to come through in the story. Well, the point of view here and the point of view that Luke is writing from is both historical and theological. So the three characters I want you to keep uh, kind of ear up for are the people staying behind, kind of the regular folks. Um, there are, there's Paul, the evangelist, the teacher, uh, the preacher, and then there's this prophet. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read uh, quickly through. I'm going to uh, may, maybe skip around so it's, uh, we don't cut too much into time. So they leave the people that Danny talked about last week. They hop on a boat. They sail to coast. Um, they get to coast. They're there for seven days. And uh, these are people that they're, they're invested in. They're close to. And it's, uh, it picks up. We landed a tire. We sought the disciples there and stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they, that would be disciples, urged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. So key in on that, not to go on to Jerusalem. The next verse says, when it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. All of them, including the wives and children, accompanied us out of the city. This is Luke writing. And there on the beach, we knelt to pray. After saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship and they returned home. We continued on our voyage, a couple other stops along the way. The next day we reached Caesarea, stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist. Um, after we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took, took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, that the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will be hand, and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When he heard this, we and the people there, that's Luke and all of the disciples, pleaded with Paul to go to Jerusalem. And Paul answered, why, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm not only ready to be found, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. For he would, when he would not be dissuaded, he gave up and said the Lord. After this, we started on our way up to Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, so the three characters named because the people who stay behind. We have the prophet, person Agabus, and then we have Paul. So let's talk about the people who stay behind and how that relates to us. Uh, one thing, because this is historical uh, or theological, that they were uh, faced with. So, 
they are absolutely convinced that even, I think even if we gave them that advice, this is what they need to do. So I want you to, uh, and, and, and I don't know that they would agree with me, but I want you to, I want you to give, wanted to give you that picture so you have something tangible as opposed to this kind of Bible superhero that always does what Bible superheroes tend to do. Paul's a regular person. He's had some experiences that have led him to, um, to where he's at. So, Danny mentioned this last week. Is sometimes we tend to look at Paul as that biblical superhero and along with his biblical um, kind of his understanding of theology, a big part of his uh, characteristic is he's prickly and he's uh, hard-headed. But this passage shows me that he's more than that. He's not a sadist and he's not a narcissist. He, he stops. So they ask him, we stay home. And he says, then Paul answered, why are you weeping and praying?